This is Wins and Losses with Clay Travis. Clay talks with the most entertaining people in sports, entertainment, and business. Now, here's Clay Travis. He's got a fantastic special right now, a uh, comedy special up on Netflix. Nate Bargatsky, uh, comedian, big-time sports fan. Uh, we've had him on before, but talking about this new uh, special, I thought that he had on Netflix would be an intriguing listen. I think you guys will love it, probably get a few laughs out of it as well. Here is that conversation we had with him on Thursday evening that we're going to take a couple of clips from and play for you here on the program. Joined now by Nate Bargatsky. He's got a great Netflix uh, comedy special that is up just debuted a couple of weeks ago I watched it this time last week I think and uh, immediately texted you Nate and I said man that was really really good Uh, I needed I think there's a lot of people out there who need laughter (laughs) right now certainly more than ever Uh, so first of all thanks for getting up early and uh, and hanging out with us but I, I was so fascinated by the way that this was filmed outdoors in LA there's helicopters flying over the top of it what was the process like so before you're telling any jokes and anything else like how was this set up how long did it take to tape tell me how you go about filming a Netflix special like this uh yeah well appreciate it buddy uh I got your text and uh it was uh this one was like much different because obviously it was outside and we had the audience 100 people audience had to get COVID tested they ought to wear masks so it was uh, very difficult. The people that got the tickets, I very funny had a guy email me, and he was like, yo, what's up with all the hoops to get these tickets? I was like, dude, there's a pandemic. I, like, I wanted to tell him, like, well, there's a big global pandemic that the earth is dealing with. Uh, so, I mean, you know, that's part of it. But it was tough. Like, the timing, like, the timing of it is what's the hardest part, because you can't, I can't hear them laugh because we're outside, they got masks on, and it's just laughter kind of just goes in the air. And then uh, also you can't see their faces, so you can't see them smiling. So you're like up there like, dude, this might be, they might hate this. And you're just kind of going off like, I know these jokes. I've done them before. They've worked. And so you're just hoping they're working. But so we timed, like, you know, my sets like timed out. So I timed it out. It was like 64 minutes. I was doing these drive-in movie theater dates, and uh, I had it timed out. And the first show, we taped two shows for a special. And then a uh, first show I did 43 minutes. It was that, and that much was energy was like gone with just the outside and the mask. And like we had helicopters flying over and like all that kind of chaos. Like, so it's like crazy to see, I mean, I've had it happen, but you know, you can fluctuate 10, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, maybe with no, like if a crowd's like, crowds can be fast laugh or like they laugh quick and stop or whatever but it was pretty wild to go that so then usually when you take two shows they tell you i mean every special i've done they always go we got it first show we're good don't worry about it have fun on the second show and then the this show they were like yeah we do not have it so (laughs) this second show is very important because you have to do an hour so that's actually really. So were they back to back? Like, how much time is between the two? Is it the same day? Are you performing yeah, yeah, the it's same like hour? Yeah. Hour and, and it's a like different it's Allie, different Allie, crowd. Yeah. yeah, you just you you usually get everything from one show. So when you see a special, it is most likely from one show, and you just tape two just to be sure. 
yeah. you know, something like this happens or who knows. And then they, you know, maybe occasionally be like, I like the joke on the first show better. The reaction was better. I said it better, you know. Uh, so usually, it, but you have like an hour and a half. But I mean, right when I got off, I, you know, I was You knew like, you nailed the second nailed. one? This, I mean, the second one, I think I, yeah, you could tell. I mean, it was, you know, you never feel, I don't know, when you tape them, you never feel, specials are not, it's not the same as a regular show. Like, it's, it's I don't know, there's just the pressure of, like, you got to get it. Uh, and this was such a weird kind of thing. Uh, and so you you don't, like, when you, when you get done, you're like, all right, I think that was good. Like, you just, you're like, I don't know. The last one I felt really good about, the Tennessee Kid, that yeah. one I did, like I, I was, just, I was running that material. That's the thing too. Is, I mean, I was, I had probably fifty more theater dates. I would have ran this hour in uh, before the special. And I mean, luckily I got to do those drive-ins and do it. And I had an hour built before the special. Uh, I mean, before COVID happened, I was kind of already like had an hour ready. But I mean, normally you would have. I mean, those reps are super important because you just you, you you tighten jokes up. You find little things here and there. You maybe add a little bit. And and then you're doing these theater shows, and so normally you just kind of pick where, a stop on your theater tour, and you're like, we're filming, like we were going to film in Minneapolis was the plan, and then uh, everything happened, COVID, and then all that stuff, and so that that was like gone, and then I didn't even think I was going to get a special, but then they said they could do it at Universal Studios, and so I was like, you know what, I'll just, I wanted to be done with this material. You get kind of tired of your jokes, and you kind of want to come up with some new stuff. And so I was like, well, no one's put anything out either. Uh, so I was like, maybe I'll stand, you know, you can stand alone kind of because there's not really much coming out. And so and there we go. So it is, there's so many interesting things to unpack there. So how long to you is a period of time that you're capable or want to do the same joke, right? Like, so this is all new material. To you, what's the lifespan of quote-unquote new material? Like how long, let's pretend COVID didn't happen and you were just touring as a comedian doing this this act, this one-hour-ish act. How long would you tour with that act? Like what's a normal range and how many acts have you gone through what you would say in your comedy career so far? I mean, hours. So I've had two-hour specials. Uh, half hour on Netflix. That's a two and a half on Netflix. Two and a half hours. An hour on Comedy Central. Three and a half hours. Which that one aired the same night of the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight. No one saw it. Great uh, scheduling. By the, uh, did you even watch it, or were you watching Mayweather-Pacquiao? I know. Too? I watched the fight. Yeah. I watched the fight. I didn't watch yeah. it. I mean, I yeah. told them, and they were like, "I think we're fine. I don't think anybody's going to watch it." Like. People been waiting this fight for thirty years. I mean, this is like the biggest fight on earth. By, by the way, like, this is the, this is funny too because you're a big sports fan, and we're talking to Nate Bargatze. I so I've had to deal with this when I uh, when I sell books, right? Like to uh, to write about sports or whatever else. So my first book was Dixieland Delight, going around to all twelve SEC football stadiums, and the people who buy books by and large know nothing about sports. Right. And so yeah. uh, and so like that, I was talking to all the publishers, most of them and the agents. And they were like, so tell me about this SEC football. Is it a big thing? 
And I'm like, yeah, you know, like there's a lot of people who are college football fans. They're like, do you think there's a market out there? I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. You know, like you know, there's hundreds of thousands of people every Saturday go to the stadiums to watch. And they're like, really? Like, you know, it's like, it's like I'm talking to – it's like I'm in a zoo and I'm talking about like – it's just so insane, like the people you're trying to sell to. And the other example I'll give you is right after I wrote Dixieland Delight, I was like, hey, I've got this great idea. I want to do a book about the NFL draft and about how much interest there is. I'm like, it's the link, you know, the link, pin, uh, the, the sort of the connective tissue, the point uh, between when guys go from college to the NFL, they train for the combine. I'm going to train for the combine alongside of these guys. I'm going to tell the story. And I went into all these New York City publishers and they're like, yeah, we don't we don't think there's enough interest in the NFL draft. And I'm like, are you are you kidding me? Like, the, 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 like the, every day there's a new mock draft that comes out. Like, we could do NFL draft talk. I think uh, I got a text the other day, and somebody was like, "Hey, you know, Cowherd's done mock drafts for like 65 consecutive days on his radio show uh, because there's so much interest in it." But so I'm curious on that for the comedy world uh, because you're a big sports fan. But I can see you being like, "Hey, you know, it's head to head with Mayweather Pacquiao. Like, that's a really not a good overlap for me." And they're like, "Oh no, no." everybody's going to still watch i can totally see the comedy world and the entertainment world being a little bit insular like that too where they don't really know about like the overlap with sports they i st- and i started so i did fallon to well, like i found much but like with that night when i was on fallon like to promote it i had fallon i told him that and i was like yeah. hey you should say that and i just started telling people that because yeah. i was like i have no hope of them watching this <laughs> yeah. so like at least tell them to dvr it yeah. And be like, we're all watching the fight. Like, this Netflix special came out during the first Justice League got dropped and then March Madness, but it's on Netflix. Yeah. So people can know that they can watch it whenever they want to go watch it. Right. It doesn't, the, your drop date doesn't really matter as much. You know, I mean, most time Netflix, too, to promote your specials, you, they don't want you promoting until after it's already on. Like, yeah. so you won't do, I mean, they have algorithms down to everything, but you won't. Like, you sit down with them, and they tell you, like, when we're going to start doing stuff. And, I mean, they got it. They're like, we think 30 days. Now I think they're doing 30 days before. Uh, they they do 30 days before the special yeah. to lead up to it, and then a bunch after the special. Because it's like you want people to be like, hey, go watch it now. Like, you can see it right this, you know, because more people tend to do that stuff. You know, another random thing that might find interesting, there's a billboard in uh, Cool Springs. I got a billboard right yeah. on 65. Uh, that billboard is basically there so I see it. <laughs> like, they, there's, yeah. I mean, they, I've always heard that they, they do this. Yeah, so that is I don't know phenomenal. How they, they have billboards in New York and L.A., Yes. Uh, and L.A., I think, is more, you know, that's more of the, for the voting for Emmys and Grammys, like that kind of stuff. And, like, just yeah. to be in the Hollywood so those people see it. So they do it with uh, Judd Apatow. They did one of his shows. They put one near his house, like, on the way to work. Because then he sees it, and he's like, all right, look at them. They're, they're promoting it. it. Like yeah, they're, doing, yeah. they're promoting it. It's, like, straight up. And I swear this one's, like, straight up from me to my to Legends Golf Course. Like, you know, <laughs> they know I go to my to golf course. And that is, so I that is see awesome. It, like, every day. And I'm like, yeah, look at this. They're giving it, you know. That's that's the uh, that's that's amazing. Also, that's the story, like on Hollywood Boulevard or whatever. Like the most expensive billboards in the world 
are right there because they want the yeah. industry to know like hey this event's going on and also the people who are affiliated with it right like uh to be yeah. able to have a, i haven't seen your billboard i mean i drive uh, 65 south in nashville on a regular basis uh, i think it's north look. you see it north oh you see it coming north yeah. yeah yeah uh, yeah so that is uh, yeah, that is it's great awesome that they do it like that yeah, I mean, Netflix is amazing. But, yeah, you're right about them promoting stuff. I mean, they don't know. They don't you, – you, man, when you talk to people that don't know sports, like when I had it when I moved to New York and you would talk about sports and they're like, oh, I don't know, like, is Rutgers playing? You're like, Rutgers? Like, are you crazy? <laughs> like, you think, like, that matters? And you're, you sit there and you could – that's when I could always see the disconnect of when I lived in New York and L.A. Because, A, when you say you're from the South, they just are like, what are y'all doing down there? You know, like, they yeah. do not – think that anything exists out of their like yes. blocks that they live on and yes. they can't fathom that there's human beings wandering around and whatever human beings they think are wandering around it's not the best they think oh, yeah. it's the oh, worst yeah. people alive and yet they all you have to you have to talk to them all the time you're like it's a, yeah like football you're like what well, is a big game tonight like who and you're like alabama lsu and they're like what is that? You're like, I don't know. You would dream to have those ratings. I can tell you that. It would change your life. Your dumb sitcom even had a, had a Vandy, Kentucky Saturday yeah. noon ratings. You would yeah. kill yourself for something like that. It is funny. Like, uh, so obviously with OutKick, uh, we serve by – like we have a lot of li- listeners all over the country, right? But our base, mm-hmm. as you know, starting off was SEC football. And now we're up to whatever, 10 million people a month or plus will come to OutKick. And sometimes we talk to people on the East and West Coast and they're like, well, that's a lot of people. Yeah, I was like, yeah, people care a lot. It turns <laughs> out, you know, like college football is a big deal, you know, and, and I know yeah. for Big Ten fans and SEC fans, they kind of get it. But really for East Coast, like they don't have any. I mean, your point on Rutgers, like Boston College, whatever, like nobody really cares. Syracuse, there's not a lot of teams there. And then on the West Coast, uh, you know, USC, UCLA, if they're good, people care. But it's not the same level of like intensity. My, I'm going to go shoot somebody if my team loses, which happens pretty much every year, for instance, in the Iron Bowl. Uh, we're talking to, uh, to Nate Pargassi. So I- I'm curious. So in your special, You've been doing stand-up comedy for a long time. You have years. been 18, 18 years. You have been a lot of times a guy who gets up that nobody knows. As a comedian, mm-hmm. how does it change when people know you and have an expectation for you when you come on the stage beforehand? And I'll give you an example from, from your act that I was watching. You say at some point, like, everybody, you know, something along the lines of, like, your dad was a magician, for people who don't know. But people who have watched your comedy now know that. And you don't have to do the exposition of, hey, you know, my dad used to do this, X, Y, and Z. You start to assume that your audience has some knowledge about your life. Is that better or worse from a comedian perspective to know that the people who are watching you are in some way invested with the trajectory of your life such that they come in with preconceived notions about you as opposed to you just, well, I'm sure I'm assuming it's way easier, but you've had to battle to get there. I'm wondering how different that feels. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's definitely a different thing and you never, you can get to the point more. Uh, you know, it's like nice to be like, I can say in the special, I can say my dad's a magician. It's not about him being, I mean, it's a story with him being a magician, but it's not like I'm telling you about some growing up like that or something. Uh, it de- definitely helps. You know, I just talked to uh, some about it, like where it was, uh, you know, when you start coming, these people are going to these theaters and like you're seeing these 
there's a line and people are buying food and it's like a couple thousand people and they're there to see you. You do have a moment of uh, like you feel like you like look around. You're like, who are they? Who's here tonight? Yeah. Like you just cause you, you can't imagine it's you. Yeah. And you're like, what are these and people doing? You know. And that's but it's like that. It's a weird thing to switch over. Seinfeld once said like if he could ever go back, the only thing that he misses before he obviously loves, he's got a lot of money, his life is great. But the one thing he does miss is performing when the audience doesn't know you. And yeah. you do miss that. I mean, I can still go up. If I you know, pop up at Zany's in Nashville and no one knows I'm coming, uh, I'm not, not every, and they're not there for me. They're just there for a regular show. I mean, people do know who I am. But they, you know, some people might not. And yeah. uh, or if you do a corporate show, sometimes you could be there and they don't know you. And when you can get when you can get those people that don't know you, uh, it's the it's so fun because you they they have no idea what they're in for. And you get to like if you get that's the excitement you have when people don't know you. You're like you get to prove that you're funny to these people. The thing you got to switch to when people start coming is you then got to a it does get easier. They, uh, that's why like sometimes I always start with new jokes because the jokes that, I, you know, they're, they're going to give you more grace at the yeah. beginning because they're like just excited that you're there and like, you know, and then you got to get into some good stuff, but you have to always remind yourself to, I mean, stay, you know, to know that you're not getting these laughs for no reason. Like you're just sitting, you know, you're getting laughs just cause we're like, we love you. Like Colin Quinn said, and like, there's a documentary comedian. Like uh, Jack Nicholson, like he can get off stage and they get on stage, they give him five minutes of grace, and then they'd be like, "All right, Jack, tell some jokes or get out of here." Like, yeah, and that's how an audience feels. Like they're, you know, I could go back to the same cities and probably do this. I've got uh, new jokes now, but if I had the same jokes, they would handle it maybe once, maybe twice, and then if you come back a third time and you got the same act, I mean, it's over. Like it's, you know, and they're not coming back. Like they're going to be like, oh, I saw him. You know, I, this after the second time, they'd be like, let's go. You got to That's why, you, and you got to start keep building a new act and keep growing. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Uh, we're talking to Nate Bargatsky, a great uh, comic. He's got a Netflix special. I encourage you guys to check it out. Went up a couple of weeks ago. How much has your life been like everybody's life changed because of COVID, right? Like everybody had something in their life that was substantially different. But for a comedian who makes his living being out on the road and sort of being able to test jokes in front of normal audiences inside of comedy clubs, that had to be just a screeching halt suddenly. And then you're home all the time. And like my wife is like, why don't you leave more often? You know, like I haven't been on the road very much for the past year. I used to travel a lot more. What was your life like as a comedian during COVID compared to what it was like February of last year compared to like April uh, of last year had to be like two different worlds. Yeah, I was in uh, I was in New Jersey the day we canceled the show, and uh, we canceled like three hours before the show. Everything was getting canceled. Uh, the guy didn't want to cancel. People were like already showing up a little bit, and it was like, but it was like this weird. I didn't know if people were gonna get their money back. Like if I if I canceled, or if I didn't cancel and say some people were like, I don't feel safe. Like they're not gonna get their money back because we did the show. And uh, so it was like you got kind of caught in like in this kind of weird thing. What's funny is they, they had a show the night before with Tony Bennett, 
And the guy's like, we had Tony Benny here last night. I was like, yeah, you definitely shouldn't have had that show. Like, he shouldn't have been. A, you know, it's like we knew very early that, like, older people were having 90-year-old, like, a 90-year-old shouldn't have been. A, yeah. him should yeah. definitely not have been. You should have canceled that show. Like, yes. my show might have been okay or probably would have been okay. This show, you definitely shouldn't have had. Uh, but we, I basically drove the bus. I was like, we have a bus. And so, uh we just drove straight back to Nashville, and then it's just everything stopped, and no one knew, and everybody's, everything's getting pushed. You know, the same stuff. We're like, we yeah. think we're going to get open. We're very bottom, at the bottom rung of, like, things that they care about opening comedians. <laughs> yeah, right. And so you got to kind of look at sports, and that was how we're, what we're all looking at to, like, see what sports are doing. If sports open back up, then we would get to open back up. Uh, I had to do a bunch of uh, uh, drive-in shows, and this was that was kind of a different thing, but that was pretty cool. Like to do those, just to get a, you know, you can't hear the crowd. And I had mean, a show in Chicago. There's 500 cars, and they would fly when you walk on stage. 500 cars flashing the lights and honking the horns at you. I mean, it's it's something that I remember for the rest of my life. Like it was such a unique experience, and you could tell that these people were so. It was, this was in the summer. They were just so happy to get out. It's kind of fall, and that yeah. day in Chicago was like 45 degrees. It was raining, and like the people were so happy to be out. They just, they just loved it, and it was like nice to get to do that. We watched, you know, that one drive-in let us watch Halloween uh, by ourselves. Like he just played it. Oh, that's we would super stay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So it was like you got to do. It was like just trying to be like, all right, we're going to do some weird things that we never would have got to do. Um, but I mean, it was tough. I golfed a lot, and then you know, I mean, just trying to keep yourself somewhat busy. Uh, you know, started a podcast. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Have a kid from another marriage. No, no, I don't. But what if I just keep going? Like, yeah, you know, wife's pretty upset about that. But I was like, it's COVID. What do you want me to do? Like, Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Welcome back. Hanging out with Nate Bargatsky. Great conversation we had with him on Thursday evening. He's a big sports fan. He's also got a fantastic comedy special up on Netflix. We continue that conversation now. Is there someone in the world of sports that has seen your comedy special or seen your act and you found out that they are a fan and you've been like, I can't believe that insert person here is aware that I exist and or even more than that, enjoyed my show? Has, there, has that moment happened for you? Can be a coach, can be a player, can be somebody associated with athletics. Uh, there's been, I mean, uh, I, you know, the one that was struck by Adele Murphy. Oh, Dale Murphy. Uh, that is, yeah. Dale Murphy was yeah. at my show. And oh, so Dale Murphy amazing. was, uh, when I was a kid, you know, he would always sweep three sweeps before he would bat. And so when yeah. I played little league baseball, I always did that. Yeah. And I always did it because of Dale Murphy. And I had no idea. And he lives in Utah and I was in Utah. And then he like tweeted something that he was at the show and I mean, it was unbelievable just because he was my favorite baseball player, oh, which yeah. I'm like you, we're the same age. I, the strike affected me with baseball. I don't watch it like I did because it was like, I was at that right age when they yep. stopped playing. You're a teenager and, and you like, start to find new things like, and yeah. that's what happened to me too. But unbelievable. Dale Murphy but, is phenomenal. 
Dale Murphy, Dale Murphy, Bob Horner. Bob Horner, I don't know if he likes Well, me. I remember Bob Horner. But, he had four uh, home runs in a game back in the day for the Braves. Yeah. I remember. Well, like out of nowhere. He's like a blonde-haired guy, right? Like, uh, yeah, and yeah, kind of, yeah. Kind of portly. Uh, yeah, my grandfather, like my gr- granddad in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, was a monster Atlanta Braves fan. So he would watch every game on TBS. And what's interesting is, I know you've got a daughter. My 10-year-old son has turned into a huge Braves fan. So it's on every night in our house. And so I've kind of circled back in through baseball because of him. And I'm like, you know, this is kind of fun. It takes you back to when you were a kid and like you were 10 or 11 years old and you had that same affinity for the sport. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 it's great now. Like I, now I've always just followed Vandy guys now. Like, so I like yeah, Mike Yashimsky and like Sonny Gray. And yeah. so I just always in price, like you just always in Tony Camps in Houston. Like I just end up fine. It's actually pretty great. I've learned to not have like a crazy loyalty. Like yeah. it's just like you get to watch sports and be like, I just want this to be a good game. I want to root for these players that I like. It's like Chesney being friends with every SEC football coach because they all like his music and you're like, wait, you grew up a Tennessee fan. He's like, yeah, but I like Steve Spurrier too. He's an awesome dude. And you know, like you see him pictured at like every stadium, you know, hanging out in different gear. And initially you're like, that's stupid. But then you're like, well, when you actually meet some of these guys, they're actually pretty good dudes. And you're like, you root for them maybe more than you root for a team, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes it a lot easier. It makes your life a lot easier. It makes it like you can sit and enjoy a game. You're not miserable. I mean, once you get older, too, you just start realizing that you're, you get busy and then you're like, dude, I can't be like crying over the Titans or something. Like, you're like, I got to get it. I got to get it together. You know, like, well, I'll tell you what uh, I think about now sometimes. Like, I will sit and watch a game. And I'll be like, like Tennessee, for instance, in basketball, this kid, uh, Gaines is his name. He's 19, 20 years old, whatever he is, missed two free throws in the SEC basketball tournament against, uh, against Alabama. And I felt awful for him because potentially Tennessee would have pulled off the upset, been in the SEC championship game. They haven't won the SEC basketball tournament in my entire life as a fan. So I'm 41. Like, that's a long time to just have a lot of losses every year. I'm like, this is the year and they lose or whatever. But now I sit around, I'm like, it would be such a jerk move for me to tweet something bad about these kids because I have a way bigger audience oftentimes than they do. It's like, you know, it's it's interesting the transition from somebody who just roots for a team to like, man, if I said something like, "Ah, I can't believe he missed that. How did he choke like that? Miss those free throws or whatever on Twitter. It'll be like, I would feel bad because it's like I'm picking on him, right? Because I've got a big audience. And it's a crazy transition in your mind to go from like a casual fan to, uh, or a big fan, but now you've got a bigger audience. It's like more people are going to see your criticism of that play than might've been watching that play almost. Right. Like it's, it's a weird kind of, Oh yeah. Absolutely. And you hear me and you're old enough to be their dad. That's also you know, true. Like, yes. I could have technically had him. You're like, I can't, this is a, you know, once you, once you get to our age, you realize how young 18 is. Oh yeah. And then how also, young 20 is and 25. And you're like, dude, I, these are kids. That's like my argument has been, uh, and this is, you could probably build an entire uh, uh, segment about this, but you can't wear a jersey of someone that is younger than you, right? Like that, you know, like once you're, like if I see guys walking around and you're like, you're 45 year old and you're wearing like a 19 year old's jersey, it's like, that's kind of humiliating, right? Now, for people like us, like I could wear a throwback Bo Jackson jersey, right? Like my argument is yeah. they have to be older than me 
unless it's your own kid or you know some sort of scenario like that right if one of my kids ever was good enough to play you know i'd wear his jersey or whatever to go sit in the the crowd maybe maybe uh, i would like if he did it you go i'm not you go, i can't i've had this you, you stick this hard fast rule you have and well, it's he's like, like yeah, but just wear my jersey, and you're like, yeah, I made I a can't real big point about you can't. can't yeah, do I, it. then people will call me out for being a hypocrite, and and so, but I, it's funny, like as you age, you start to dress more like the coach, um, and so yeah. like I wear like when I go to an SEC football game now, coach's polo, right? Like you, it's not you're not trying too hard. But you're not doing too much like the coaches, you know, in a college football game, stand on the sideline in the coaches polo. And that's like your look, right? Like I'm, I'm pretty much yeah. going to be coaches polo for the next 20 years or so because I'm roughly the age of, uh, of the coaches now. And, uh, and I think that's the way you have to, uh, to dress for an SEC football game. And I, I, can't I could leave early. Somebody... Too. Yeah. Like if yeah. someone like, I mean, not necessarily like I want to like, but it's like, you start understanding some of that beaten traffic thing. You're like, oh, oh yeah. you know, it makes <laughs> so more sense than it ever did. That's Nate Bargatsky. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.